Manufacturer podcast today, factory visits up north and down south. We are back on the road and we're taking a podcast across the UK to Sheffield first to visit Gripple, then to High Wycombe to visit Origin, both recognised for excellence at the Manufacturer MX Awards last year. Sandwiched between those two visits, we'll be discussing the role of the engineer, people skills you need to have and the doors that it can potentially open for you. We've got all that coming your way in today's episode. Hello, you lovely listener. You've come back for another episode of the Manufacturer Podcast. You bloody love it. Episode four now of our Skills and People series. Lana's back. Hi, mate. I'm back. Where did I go? Uh, I I had a couple of days off, didn't I, to be fair? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, no, it it feels like a while. um, But in terms of the podcast, it's actually only been a week because don't forget you featured on last week's episode. Oh, yeah, true, true. Uh, Editor Joe um, didn't fancy it today. Um, Skyping. He was uh, about to go down to the studio. I said, you're coming down to the podcast. And he just tutted and walked off. (laughs) Um, But we don't need him. We've recently done two top-notch factory visits. Uh, My first one took me to Gripple up in Sheffield. Before we hear more about them, I want to talk about a grave error that I made at Northampton Services. This involves food as well, mate. So Mm. I just want to get your opinion on this. I stopped off at Northampton when I really should have ploughed on somewhere a little bit further north like Leicester, but I was just so hungry. I walked into Northampton Services and there was Leon. Have you ever had Leon before? Oh, yeah. Leon, yeah, yeah. I've had a Leon. Yeah. yeah. So this kind of like alternative fast food, it's meant to be a little bit better for you? Yeah, and they do gluten-free as Did well. Do they do that? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I looked at the menu, um, I was already to order something, and I bottled it and got a McDonald's. Why? I'm actually really upset about that. They're really good. Well, to make up for that grave mistake, um, you can go to London Bridge Station and they have a Lee on there. Yeah, I just really wanted one of those sausage and egg McMuffin things. Mm. And if it makes you feel any better... I ate one and I felt terrible after. <laughs> well, that's normally the way with fast food, isn't it? To be yeah, fair. should have got a Leon. Mm. So Gripple, TMMX winner in the leadership and strategy category last year. The people and culture team at Gripple was actually our first point of call. They were really keen to put it in front of them. And I'm not surprised because people are so central to this company's ethos. They inform pretty much everything. They really look after their people. In turn, their people look after them. Gripple are entirely employee-owned. They've got a flat structure where everyone is accountable and everyone can be challenged. It's just great. I'll allow the ladies from the team to explain this to you. Katrina Ritchie, People and Culture Director, and Marcy Robotham, Head of Learning and Development. This is a cracking interview. A lot of companies will talk about having a good company culture, but do they actually really know what that culture is? So at Gripple, we're we're unpicking the culture and we're going as far as to say, this is what people will do. This is what we'll hear people say. And this is how uh, people will uh, operate. So, and really back down to basics, but it's not an easy thing. And um, I've met many businesses and they talk about having a great culture. You go in and 
you know, they can't describe it. But I think for us at Gripple, and you'll see this when you visit the factories, you can feel the culture. Uh, so how do we describe that? And it's a big job, but we are, uh, we're working towards that and it, we're very conscious to do that. That's great. And do you feel that, Marcy? Absolutely. Um, as Kat said, you know, we, we embed it at every level. Um, and I think it's really important that we, with this flat structure that we have, people are able to, to challenge and to, um, you know, approach others who aren't embodying those, those values as well. How do we embody that trust and care? Well, here's the set of behaviors that we expect others to, um, to adopt. And then when they don't, everybody, we are able to challenge at all levels. So if you see somebody, you know, perhaps not, attesting to the quality or to the innovation side of our, um, of our values, we can say, oh, you know, that's not on. Um, everybody is able to challenge. Um, and we keep, I, th I think a big, a big aspect of it is, is communication as well. Um, it's not just, those values aren't something that we trot out at an annual convention. Um, they are something, they are everywhere, you know, all walls on every site kind of thing. And it absolutely starts with recruitment, sure. which is we recruit on values base. So you can have somebody who's got, best experience qualifications but if they're not going to fit the business then they're not going to work at Gripple so it really starts there by bringing in the right people who've got the shared values and then they've got a better understanding of the culture. What have been the challenges recently I mean like for example has the pandemic you know made the people aspects harder for you guys has it been harder keeping people happy I mean what, what has the last sort of year or so thrown up for you guys would you say? Well, we've had our most successful year I've uh, just been told, in terms yeah. of sales <laughs> yeah. and productivity. But originally when it started, we shielded the vulnerables immediately. Um, there are about 47 employees, but we just didn't leave them. We paid them, you know, they're fully paid uh, and we did trips. So me and the MD visited, did doorstep um, visits. We took hampers, we got them gifts, we got people Amazon vouchers so they could go and buy stuff but then in terms of the factories we put in uh, lots of me measures we got some fun t-shirts saying wash your hands you filthy um bugger i don't know if you can say that <laughs> was, on camera i was, on the podcast. I was, waiting, I was in, waiting to hear what you were going to say there. well <laughs> you know you're in yorkshire now so um, everyone got t-shirts we um we we made um uh, handbooks with all the measures in place but we made sure that all the senior leaders were still in the business every day walking in the factory supporting people we put um, sinks in the factory so people could wash their hands without having to go to toilets you know more regularly if they chose to, if they wanted to do that we did hampers for people um, we split shifts originally when it all started the factory workers worked two weeks, had a week off, two weeks, all fully paid just so that we were breaking up uh, contact and everything else. But it's been it's been incredible. It's made us think about our future strategies. So one thing we're looking at is working less. It's hard to do in manufacturing, but I'm uh, very passionate about us trying to work, you know, put in a four-day working week, for example, in manufacturing, that's going to take investment, it's going to take the right type of people in leadership strategies to deliver that. But it has made us think differently, but I think it's also brought people close together. A lot of my friends are either just returning to the office or are still working from home. Um, you know, six months, six months ago, they couldn't believe that you know, we'd been in the office solidly for, for a long time. And, you know, I think there's a lot of hesitance around going back to back to the office. Um, but here, people could not wait. You know, there was, and I attest a lot of my 
suppose sanity retention during COVID for the fact I still had a job that I loved and enjoyed and could come back to, you know, while there was no real social aspect anywhere else here, it was still, you know, we were all hands on deck pulling forward, you know, employee owned means that we just couldn't stop. A lot of businesses just had to close their doors and think, right, we'll see what comes of it. Mm. Whereas here, um, you know, there was a real a real appetite to not just get back to work, but push us forward, um, which is, you know, as Kat mentioned, seen us to achieve our, our best year ever. Just around skills, I know you mentioned Katrina about recruitment and how getting the right people is, is key. Has that been a problem with the current skills gap at the moment? How has Gripple combated the skills gap that seems to plague everyone? I mean, it's a problem globally, recruitment at the minute. I think for us, we invest heavily in learning and development. We've just recruited, recruited another person, so we've now got a team of three. But we've also uh, purchased an online training platform last year because we thought this is really key. You know, we are a global business. People are spread out everywhere. But let's use that as an extra tool for people to develop develop their skills. And, and, and so that is flexible training. They can train when they want. But... Um, you know, the one way we are tackling it, obviously we run apprenticeship programs. So we work with local schools, colleges to bring in the best talent in Sheffield. It's not easy because we're up against Rolls-Royce and McLaren. So all kids want to go and work at these sexy firms and not gripple. So it means that we're having to get into schools earlier. We do work experience placements. We send our uh, staff into schools to do talks about grippling careers it develops them it helps the school it gets the the name there and then the kids want to come to gripple and do their apprenticeship but it's about building a talent pipeline uh, and making sure that there's personal development plans in place for everybody at every level we have numerous programs that operate from across the business so um, that's right down to operator level where we will assess not just core competencies but also you know personal behaviors are they able to um, you know, demonstrate the Gripple values at leadership level. And then that puts them on a on a career trajectory that means that they can, you know, then develop into team leaders and to, um, you know, eventually site leaders if possible. So our our core value is always to um, hire the best people and keep them in the business. Um, you know, we have um, a really, really interesting culture, I think, of people moving, moving across um, teams, you know, from, from certainly from my own experience, I was head of marketing until about six months ago. Um, and while I loved Gripple, my, you know, 10 years into construction marketing, I was probably a little bit, um, you know, perhaps not as interested in it as I, as I wanted to be long term. So the, you know, the business has supported me to move into a new, into a new career path. And we do that at all levels of the business as well you know if someone is a good gripple person we believe skills can be trained um it's all about it's all about the person and their and their attitude as much as it is their aptitude fantastic look guys i'm going to stop out there that was awesome now if i told you that an engineer needed to be good with people what would you say back to me Nothing. Okay. Well, of course, they need to have the knowledge and expertise to, <laughs> that was rubbish, to operate equipment and systems. They, they also do need to communicate with people, I, I guess, just in the same way that uh, IT specialists need to be good communicators and they need to be 
personable and that industry aren't always associated with being those things, probably unfairly, actually. Um, seeing as Editor Joe didn't fancy the pod today, uh, we've got room to welcome another member of the team to come and join us. He's not from editorial. It's Nikhil Kumar, our digital operations delivery guy. He can't join us in the studio, sadly, uh, but he can join us via virtual means. And Nikhil is actually an odd case here at Hennick in that he's the only one with an engineering degree, meaning that he's actually the only one who knows what the hell he's talking about. He should really be doing this podcast. Um, from engineering, Nikhil, you worked in operations for a bit. Then you did a master's in logistics and, and supply chain. Uh, could you just start by like, telling us like, how did your engineering degree help you in later life, just in terms of, of your people skills? Hi, Tom. Hi, Lana. Hello, mate. This was really interesting because engineering was actually the foundation for my career. And it brought a lot of clarity because when I started off in engineering, I was a bit confused at first with all the technical elements that came in and slowly I started picking up um, and then it got into the point where I started enjoying it a lot and as soon as I finished off engineering because I decided that I should move on start working on and something moving around a lot so I <laughs> I went ahead for operations then I went ahead and did my master's in logistics and supply chain management from Cranfield um, and looking back what brings the most value for me from engineering was the problem solving skills. Um, and this is something um, of highest importance, I would say, no matter which career you wish to choose. Because when, uh, when you complete an engineering degree, uh, down the line, what happens is any specific scenario that you get pushed into, you'll feel uh, the right to assess and analyze and try to find solutions for that specific scenario from different permutation combinations. Mm -hmm. So you will always be thinking how you can do this better. What are the bottlenecks? How we can change it? What, how can you improve the efficiency? How can you save specific elements inside it? So yeah, it's, it's definitely about clarifying that perspective. And, but then just like being able to, you know, to put that across to, to, to other people, to be able to, you know, explain complex systems to, to people, you know, is that one of the reasons why it is so key to, to be good with people as an engineer, do you think? Um, I think I can put that across in a different way. So you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't translate it, that's not going to add a lot of value. And it's not just about communications, I would say. So there's a lot more that comes in. So there is relationship building skills, there is leadership and um, there is honesty, there is empathy, every single thing. So you do need all, you need to take all of that if, even if you are going into something really technical. So this is, this is key. And Nikhil, what was it that first got you interested in engineering in the first place? Um, this is very interesting because my family is actually in real estate business. And I wanted to do something entirely different because I was always intrigued by businesses which are pushing boundaries. So I was very passionate about innovation, how we can find solutions, how we can change things, how we can invent things. So those, those kind of uh, key things always clicked. Um, so companies like likes of, let's say, Tesla, SpaceX, so the innovations that they were doing, so this was something that so it was a no-brainer. So I felt like, okay, maybe this is something that I want to do. I want to learn. I want to see how these companies are 
achieving these. There is a big misconception that when you do engineering, you are very limited. But yeah. I would say that's that's not right at all. So if you have a passion for, let's say, manufacturing, if you have a passion for anything innovative, it's really solid to get an engineering degree as your bachelor's or even for your master's as well. Because this puts you in a perspective where you can understand the problems a lot better and you can analyze those things. And um, no matter which company, which, what industry or what sector you want to work for or what, what capacity, it's really crucial that if you have an engineering degree, this, this is going to uh, be a, this is going to be a solid foundation for you. We've come across these kind of misconceptions so often in this series, you know, and there is that misconception, isn't there? If you go down the engineering route, you're going to be pigeonholed into into factory work. You know, once again, it, it's a misconception. You know, manufacturing engineering, it opens doors, doesn't it? Literally, in absolutely, some absolutely. So, it it it's just about so if, even if you're doing an engineering degree, that doesn't mean that you are going to be uh, in that path throughout your career. So you get your engineering de degree and then there's an entirely new path, that entirely new opportunities that right in front of you that you can always pick. And it, But all I'm saying is it's really good to have an engineering degree uh, as a foundation, even if you have passion for, let's say, business or management or anything down the line. But if you have this, you can dig a lot deeper into the problems that these companies are facing and the value that you can add uh, can be really worthy. Good stuff, Nikhil. Good to have you on the pod, mate. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Tom. Our second factory visit took us to Origin. Not as far away as Gripple, this journey took me to High Wycombe, to the UK's leading specialist manufacturer of bespoke aluminium bifolding doors and windows. Origin are expanding globally to the US and Dubai, but the family ethos remains very much at the heart of the company. Another brilliant trip, another brilliant interview, another TMMX winner in the product innovation and design category. I spoke with Victoria Brocklesbury on the factory floor. I think the ethos around Origin is really kind of leave the ego at yeah. the door um, and that allows for innovation. And I think it's a really key part. If you're not prepared to get things wrong, if you're not prepared to learn from mistakes, you're never going to innovate. And that's a really, really important part of working here and the ethos, ethos that we promote around Origin. And that's not just in the product innovation, which is a hugely important part of what we do. But it's across the whole business, it, it, the systems we run, the processes we run, the IT systems we run. We're always looking to improve and get better. And, um, but I think you've got to have that ability to learn and to improve and not to be too worried about mistakes you make along the way. Lovely. Yeah, I love that. Leave your ego at the door. A lot of places could do that, couldn't they, I think? I mean, you have to work at it. It doesn't come naturally all the time, yeah. that's for sure. We ask manufacturers this all the time because it's such a big issue, that mm. issue of the skills gap. Yeah. How has it impacted Origin, would you say, over the last few years? Do you know, times have changed so much over the last two years, uh, especially over the, the period of time with COVID um, and in terms of working patterns and how people um, would like to work. I think a lot of people have reassessed the, the work-life balance. Um, for us, having skilled, 
quality people at Origin is absolutely key. Our people are our greatest asset by far. And having the right people in place to deliver on the vision for the company has always been hugely important, as it is for, for every business, I'm sure. Um, where it gets complicated is finding people to um, do the more of the factory roles, actually, and actually manufacturing the product itself. And certainly Brexit had a big impact on that. And many of our members of staff made the decision to go back to their families in some of the um, Eastern European countries. And, you know, and, and we really support that. Everyone's got to make those decisions. It has left us with a, with a gap from a manufacturing point of view. And we've done lots of things to support getting people into those roles, right through from the culture of the business and really getting word out there that Origin is a wonderful place to work. Um, right through to the training we, we offer, the support we offer, and also paying people the right money. It's so important that you stay top of market if you want to get the really, really good people. And I think the opportunities on offer from a work perspective now, you know, people are working online a lot more. You know, you, the, I hate to use the, the word Amazon, but you know, driving for Amazon has become a really popular job that you can go and do in your own time. So Finding people to do those more manual labor jobs is, is tricky. So we've got lots of advertising out there in terms of uh, the job roles that are available. Um, we're looking at uh, awards that we're going for, so employee awards or employer awards even, um, to attract those great people to origin. And then you know, within our other roles within the business, sort of more office-based roles, again, it's about that support and nurturing. And when you get good people doing everything you can to really keep them in the business. Sure. So yeah. we're, we're good. We're, it's, it's positive um, from a people perspective, but it definitely is harder than it has been before. This opinion has come up while we've been doing this series of the podcast. It's this misconception mm. that's given to young people and just people generally yes. of what a manufacturing role actually entails. A absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it, it's not something that's really pushed too much when you're going through your school life. I think people look at you know, roles maybe in the IT industry, want to be a professional footballer, you know, then there's all these wonderful things available. But manufacturing is, is in the heart of the UK. You know, we're really, really good at it, at engineering and innovation. And to actually work within a company where you get something tangible at the end to say, we made this and it's actually made a difference to someone's life. It's, it's a really inspiring offering. And I think if you can get people into the business and get them to understand that vision, um, it makes it a much more appealing place to work. So we, you know, we'll work with local schools, colleges to try and um, you know, put Origin out there as an opportunity and an option for anyone leaving school, leaving college, and looking for something that's maybe a little bit different and not what they thought of before. So picture this for a moment. I don't have a beard. I'm fresh-faced. I don't <laughs> have bags under my eyes. I've just left school, and I'm thinking about what to do next. What would you say to me if I was considering a role in manufacturing? What would sure. your advice be? I think my advice for what it's worth, <laughs> and I don't claim to know, know uh, everything at all, but... I think keeping your options open as a youngster is really important. I've got children of my own and I just say to them, try everything. You don't need to pigeonhole yourself at the moment and you don't need to do that for a really long time. And I think any experience you get in life is going to benefit you as an individual. So sort of going into your point about manufacturing specifically, uh, I think it's just, it's trying to get young people to understand how great it is to actually have this tangible thing at the end. You know, when you're in manufacturing, it's such an incredible process. I mean, I love going to any manufacturing facility and you know, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's doors and windows, 
printing newspapers. It, you know, manufacturing is really, really interesting. So I think it's getting out there and seeing what other businesses have got to offer, going and looking at manufacturing facilities. You know, companies like us are always really happy to show people around yeah. to, to see what they think. So, yeah, I think it's just keeping the options open and understanding that manufacturing is actually an incredibly interesting industry. And we employ people right across the, the board from you know, incredible marketing roles. We get our brand out there as a business. It's really important part of our growth, right through to the engineering, IT, software development. So you can progress your career in any field. Um, just because it's door and window manufacturing doesn't mean that that, that halts you from that progression. And that's about your lot, folks. Can I just end by saying what a pleasure it was to visit both Gripple and Origin. Uh, we had a few factory visits booked in for the second half of last year, but bloody COVID scuppered them. So we're so incredibly delighted to be able to be back out and meeting some of the UK's best manufacturers. We were made so welcome by Gripple and Origin. So thank you so much to both of you guys. Um, and I can't wait to get out and meet some more. Which we're going to be doing, aren't we? Very soon, yeah. Would recommend. Would recommend. Although, make sure you pick the correct <laughs> fast food chain at services <laughs> because it will ruin the rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, by the way, mate. Um, been fully abandoned by our editor today. Yeah, but I think we should just kick him out. Well, I'm not convinced we need him, to be honest, no. after today. No, we it's don't. Fine. We've, we've, done, we've done fine. <laughs> Join us again, uh, same time next week, for more of the same. Who will we have on the pod next week? Will we invite a new member of the team? Will we even allow Editor Joe to return? <laughs> All questions to be answered in Episode 5 of our Skills and People series. Until then, listener, take care and enjoy your weekend. Music